is that men don't cry. Mm. Men don't feel. Yeah. I remember so many times with my dad, especially him being the way he is, it, anytime that I would cry, just me being physically hit or me just being told to shut up, to not cry, to stop crying. So many damn times, man. So when that when a situation would happen, I would just be like totally blocked mm. off. And that sabotaged so many relationships because people would literally say to me during sex, I just, I don't feel you. Wow. And when someone would say, when someone would talk about making love, I'd be like, making love? Like, what does that even mean? Wow, making, making love, like I didn't know what that was. And I remember people telling me their experience around it past uh, relationships that I was in. And I just had no reference of that because my heart was totally closed and my emotions were totally blocked off as well. I'm Luca Ritti, the host of the Feeling Alive podcast. Thank you for joining me. Here you will learn what it truly means to feel alive. Fulfillment, empowerment and true self-expression are the pillars of this podcast. I believe our greatest potential exists when our physical, mental, emotional and spiritual health are in balance. My mission is to inspire you to push your edges of comfort, regain your energetic balance and leap into your greatest potential. Question is, are you ready? And just a few things before we get going. My greatest goal is to see this podcast reaching more and more people. So if you can rate, review and share this podcast on iTunes, that would greatly help this mission. And more importantly, serve the people needing to hear this most. So thank you. And without further delay, here is your episode. Welcome back to the Feeling Alive podcast with Luca Reedy. This is episode 25 with my man, Matt Karma. Man, probably one of my favorite episodes so far. You're going to hear so many gold nuggets of wisdom coming through here from Matt's journey. He shares with you some of his, some stuff he's never shared anywhere else before. Matt is a YouTuber with over 160,000 followers. He's got a strong following on Instagram and he's a life and business coach who has a deep passion to help people heal their emotional wounds and step into their best self. Now, we're talking about emotional distancing versus social distancing in this episode. We're social distancing right now, you know, physically because of the coronavirus, but I think we've actually been distancing ourselves truly from our society with the emotional wounds that we've been carrying. Now, we want to talk about how Matt had this case in his life, how he had to actually overcome a lot of shyness, a lot of self-consciousness, um, and a lot of from a lot of bullying growing up and some of his tips that he's turned into coming from like a being a shy uh, person and self-conscious person to being a powerful YouTuber from being you know scared of public speaking and being very very quiet around his friends because of the fear of judgment to standing up and speaking at his very own retreats here in Bali so this is jam-packed with some goodness for yous out there listening that have trying to overcome the fear of judgment and some past trauma from bullying, this episode is for you. I would love you to share what your insights are from this podcast by tagging Matt Kama, Matt Kama and Luca Reedy on Instagram by screenshotting this and tagging us both. I would love to hear your insights and sharing this with the world. Without further ado, let's get stuck into it. Brother, welcome. Man, they've heard your epic uh, intro, no doubt. I've done the recon on you and given them all the goodies. Yeah. 
You're not a man that's uh, done a podcast. This is not your first Rodeo? Not my first one. I've done a few podcasts, yeah, like in person and a few online as well. Yeah. But yeah, I'm man. excited to be here, brother. Man, it was good because we were originally going to do this podcast um, on on audio, just on online, just because yeah. of the whole Corona thing. But it turns out we're doing it in person as we planned, man. We've got our drinks, we've got our tonics. Got our, our it's crackers. supposed to not taste the best, but it actually tastes all right, it. like green tea. Cheers, sir. Cheers, brother. We actually were going to do a podcast a while ago. I can't remember exactly what happened. I think I rescheduled or something like that, but yeah, we're here. No, this, we played, it was um, the social distancing came right up. Like yeah. it was like everything broke free. Yeah. But I'm glad we got to do it in person now. I think we got some good content for the people who want to see you, yeah. see the, the beautiful Matt Kammer. Yeah, bro, let's do it. <laughs> Man, so today is, is literally about um, social distancing versus emotional distancing. And it came to me the other day, I realized... Dude, we've been social distancing for eons, yeah. I believe. I think it's like an also a great pandemic of, you know, not being able to express yourself truly. And yeah. when you aren't able to do that, you're unable to uh, connect. And so, yeah, you might not be physically distanced, but you're emotionally distanced. So, like, you might just have the surface level conversations. Yeah. So that's where we're going tonight. And I know you're an expert on, you know, based on your own experiences and what you do for a living right now. So it's perfect to go go into that. However, first question is, I want to talk about rituals, morning routines. I think they're, uh, you know, there might be evening routines as well, but I want to talk about what you do to get yourself in that state. Do you have anything? And yeah, my, sure my rituals are everything. If you talk to my partner, she will tell you that I'm so, my, my routine is everything. And when it's mixed up, I get a little bit, um, <laughs> I guess go a little bit crazy. But for me, my morning starts the night before. Meaning the night before, as soon as I go to, before I go to bed, I will make sure that I have my clothes out. For example, if I'm working out in the morning, that's all set. And I'm also, my day has already been planned. So when I wake up, I know my outcome. I know what needs to be done. What's the most important things? What's the clear priority? So then that way my day is set up for as much productivity as I can. So those are like the two most important things that I do wow. is having clothes, shoes out by the door, ready to go and also planning my day. So when I wake up, that's all set. Yeah. And as soon as I wake up, I wake up every single morning at 5.20 or 5 a.m. First thing I do, go to the shower, put the warm water on and then come out, make my bed, 10 minutes of meditation. Always make, you me always always make, make your bed. Always make my bed. It's the first thing. I, it's the first thing, the second thing. thing that I do. Okay, that's a lot of people say that like that's the quickest achievement you can accomplish straight away. Yeah, it's a, it's a mini win. Yeah. And I got that from, um, I don't know, it was like a YouTube video so, so long ago about that exact thing. Mm. So that's the second thing that I do. And then I go, hey Siri, put on 10 minutes, put it on a 10 minute timer. And then that's always next to me. So it's very structured. Yeah. 10 minutes of meditation, that's the third thing that I do. And I'm just quieting out my mind, visualizing what is it that I'm going to be doing today? Visualizing my goals, visualizing all of Shit, that man. within 10 minutes. And then after that, fourth thing that I do, go out, get my morning coffee, come back, study Spanish for an hour and a half, and then get to work. Los español. Yeah, you speak what? Spanish? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, that's the only thing you can say. Uh, no, just a little bit. I studied it. Yeah. That's wicked, dude. That's pretty, that's, that's pretty like next level dedication. It's, it's, that, it's my thing. It's my, it's my favorite part of the day as well because... Especially getting up early, I love getting up when nobody's up or very little people are up and it's so quiet and I feel, I feel most alert, most creative in the morning and 
super motivated in the morning as mm. well. For some people it's different, but yeah. I don't wake up every day as well and feel alive. Yeah. I think it's a big misconception for a lot of people is that people who are successful, people who are mm. like, they're always getting up super early and they're always feeling alive. Hell no, when I get up in the morning, I would just want to hit snooze and I want to get back to Dude. bed. And, but that's why I take the, the shower straight away because I can be lazy for seven minutes in the shower while the water kind of wakes me up. Mm, that's interesting. It's, uh, one thing I did notice about you looking, looking at your website and stuff the other day is that you actually just, you're quite real. Like you say, I'm not perfect because you're, you're a coach, right? And everyone would know that listening to the intro, but like a lot of people I think that are like are helping people grow or like inspirational leaders, whatever. Yeah. Um, there's a crazy dog running around <laughs> upstairs, a puppy actually. Yes. Um, they think like there's this misconception that they're perfect and they've yeah. got it all sorted. Yeah. Um, and so I appreciate you because on your website, you just say it as it is. You're like, you're bio, like I'm not yeah. perfect, but yeah. you know, I'm working on myself every day and I think that's what it takes. Yeah. Would you agree? Like it's 100%. the willingness, like we're talking about vulnerability here, yeah. but the willingness to just become better and accept your weaknesses. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've, I've been doing a webinar because I'm in the process of launching my group coaching program as well. The Deep End, is it? Deep End yeah. program. And the first, well, when I start sharing my story, at the end, I just say to everyone, these are all the things that I've done. I've healed so much stuff, but I just want to make sure that I let you guys know that I haven't arrived. Mm. I still get triggered. I'm in recovery of mm. porn addiction, of so many addictions, mm. and I still get urges every single day. The difference is I'm just very well practiced at being able to notice a thought, being able to notice the urge, have tools to be able to break through it or release the urge to be able to release those thoughts and pivot into something different. Mm. So I say to everyone that I'm not perfect. I, I, do fall down at I do fall down at times as well, but if or when I do fall, I don't fall down as far and I don't fall down for as long, mm. you know? Yeah, man, that's, that's crazy. the difference. You know, um, I think like that's the thing with the morning routine is that the routine creates uh, like is is a is a taking positive action yeah. to create a positive habit done yes. over time exactly and like if you didn't do that we would probably be allowing these other habits that have been co cultivated over a long period of time and creating you know not not the best feelings in the body to just take over so mm. it's like a lot of things that people do in the morning with my group my coaching group is one of the things is like taking away the phone as a morning ritual yeah. is like before we get into where you're at like you've done all this shit before it is like you do the visualization the meditation like one thing that we can do is like take away the phone yes. um scrolling instagram that comes up a lot with the guys that i'm coaching yeah did was that a big thing for you 100 percent. still yeah. uh, to this day it's the it's not so much the it's the urge of for example this morning so when I wake up in the morning, I don't have Instagram available to me. Yeah. I have to download Instagram, put in my email, put in my password for me to be able to even check any Shit. messages or anything like and that. And Instagram is big. That's like one of your big portals of yeah. like funnels, Instagram and YouTube. Instagram right? and YouTube. Yeah. And you still delete it? Delete it. Wow. It's like right now on my phone, there's no Instagram. There's a YouTube, but only because I like to play music yeah. while I'm chilling or something like that. But Instagram, it's not on my phone. There's no email on my phone as well because if it's there, it's so easy for me to go and just scroll for hours. Yeah. I can easily go back into old patterns. Like if there's chocolate in my fridge, I don't have any chocolate in my fridge, but if it's chocolate in my fridge, it's so easy to just go and eat yeah, the chocolate, chocolate because it's there. 
it's so easy to fall back into a pattern mm. of just scrolling endlessly for 30 minutes or an hour or five hours yeah, man. if it's on my phone yeah so i try to not try i make sure that it's not there for me to fall back into that wow man that's pretty impressive do you have you always been like that or is that something that hell no man never no <laughs> I, it was a a process like we we're talking about the singing in public and all these different things mm. one of the things that i guess from my story was being bullied as a kid and being chubby and the thing that helped me train my mind was by training my body mm. and because we'll talk about the, the your journey yeah yeah for sure so I guess the, the, I love running. Yeah. That's my meditation. That's my quote unquote yoga. That's the thing that wow. helps me train my body because there's so many lessons that I get from that. So when I'm thinking about running, for example, I've done multiple like 24 hour runs and marathons and so many different things. And something that I get from that is when I'm running, the mind will kick in mm. and being able to overcome that in that moment for that very second or being able to stay present to my breath rather than mm. to my mind, or being able to just push myself, that can easily trans transfer or translate into life everyday activities. So I guess that mm -hmm. I, I became more self-disciplined by becoming self-disciplined in the area of health and fitness. Mm -hmm. You know, that was my starting point. Yeah, because you were, I mean, you were doing uh, personal training before you started doing yeah. life coaching for five or six years okay yeah a really long time and also it's funny thing too is like how we just touch on this when you're running and your fitness yeah um, because this is going to paint a good picture for where we're going next we met actually when I reached out to you it was so weird how we met oh dude yeah. like I messaged you at, I was leaving from Abud to Changu before I lived down here and it was an hour drive and I just found out about the touch comp and yeah. I was like we got to go so we drove the hour to come down and play touch and I just messaged you just before and I said, hey, bro, we've got some mutual friends would love to interview on the podcast, blah, blah, blah. And then I didn't check my phone. And I roll up to touch and you're putting the cones out. Yeah. And I was going, get out of here. <laughs> and then we were having a break at the same time. And I, I said, know. bro, I just messaged you. How crazy is that? And then, um, yeah, here we are now. Yeah. The, the, the serendipity or the synchronicities there is crazy. But also, full beast mode, man. Like... I hadn't had a good run like that in ages. You burnt what? 50, you on your watch? It was fourteen hundred calories. I think like fourteen hundred calories. It was a, that, I remember that. That was an intense game, dude. That was a wild game. Yeah. Right? A lot of guys down there, um, and you just kept going. Like, we were on the same side there at one point, and just like playing, like I think you played a fair bit of rugby or touch, have you? Yeah. Because you've, um, it's different playing rugby and then going to play touch. Yeah, not, It's a different game and you can totally see the different. rugby players playing touch. We're, doing a, we're going on a tangent here. I just sort of want to commend your touch skills because I know when I see another <laughs> touch player, I'm like, man, that's yeah. like the way you dump the ball and the way you play. Yeah, thanks, bro. Yeah, and so you were just like, I was nearly vomited at one point because it was so hot, so humid, yeah. running onto the sideline. I, you know, if I made a break, I'm done. Like I was going off. Yeah. Even if I'd been on for five minutes, it was the hell. And you would just keep going. And you were like, nah, next try is last try. Next try is last try. And we just kept going, kept going, kept going. And I was like, by the end of it, I'm on the ground. I had blisters on my feet, like <laughs> soaking wet. I was sitting next to the big drink bottle. And you were just like standing up there, just yarning. Yeah, I love it. So that wasn't always you, hey? Like, nah, man. I mean, you, like, you're a fitness machine, dude. Yeah, thanks, bro. Like... I, the reason why I just got a little bit of goosebumps then was because I just had an image in my mind. I can remember so many times when I was around 
12 or 13 years old and there's this part in Australia where I used to live called Edelong in Central Coast. I don't know if you know where that is. Yeah. But I remember there was this thing that we used to always do with all of my cousins. I have a very big family. And I remember just being around with all my cousins, my brothers, massive, there was like 10 or 12 of us. And I remember where we would be running around and I would always be the one at the back and we would go and chill and we had to climb up this thing and I was the only one who couldn't get up this. Mm. I don't even know how tall it was, but everyone was up there. And I remember just thinking to myself, shit, like, I wish I had the strength to pull myself up. Yeah. People had to lift me up because of me being chubby and me not having any strength at all. And I think it was just a massive combination of that and also getting bullied that pushed me to constantly challenge myself. Mm. And Interesting. I think that's quite unique though. Man. Like... For someone, I mean, maybe it's not, maybe, you know, the reason I say it's unique is like someone can easily go victim mode and stay victim mode yeah. into that for the rest of their life. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people that do do that. Um, but something in you ticked. Um, what was that? Do you think that's in everyone? I think it is within everyone. Yeah. yeah. I think that for me, it was the day that I moved with my dad. Mm. So... When I was bullied, I was living with my mum and I yeah. decided that I was going to change schools and just change a whole entire different environment and move in with my dad. For context, my dad, is, he, was in the, he was in the army. Wow. He was like, he's very, to this day, he's very, very like strict, very, very disciplined. And he was the one that first trained me. And uh, he's, a, he's a boxer. He was a boxer. Wow. And... I think that it was just being in that environment where he would train me so hard and he would push me and he would challenge me and he would, and I'd always want to get his approval as well. So I was pushing myself to get his love, which was unhealthy at the time because that created some ineffective patterns in adulthood. But I think that it was, it was all from, it was all from that, having that external I guess push. Yeah. I think that sometimes people need that as well, whether that be from a coach, whether that be from a friend, whether that be from someone that they follow online, mm. because sometimes we don't have that yeah. naturally from our childhood. We don't get born with that, mm. but it can be created. So that's what you're saying is just the push is essential if someone wants to create that change in their life. Just yeah. the, the pushes might be what they need. The push and also the, the willingness, because yeah. the push can happen, but if someone hasn't, doesn't have that willingness to change, yeah. because they either aren't turning that pain into something that can fuel them, yeah. then I think that the push won't really do yeah. anything. Yeah, that was something we were gonna, I was going to loop back to at the end, but it's good that we're talking about it now. Um, you know, I think I say this all the time, is like accountability gives, and especially the guys in the group coaching that I've got, is like they, they have all these plans and these ideas and these rituals, these morning rituals or morning routines, but they don't necessarily do them. Like, like they've talked about them before and they're just inconsistent. Yeah. But then you, you, know, you get like an app like Habit Share or you get a coach or a mentor um, that actually is, willing, is invested in your growth. Yeah. That is so key, man. Just mm. someone that believes in you more than you do yeah. can change your world. 100%. And that's, yeah, I'm glad we talked about that, but we might touch back on that later. But I think people realize they've heard you getting bullied and they can't probably, like looking at you on YouTube, 160,000 subscribers, 13 million downloads, uh, views, and you know, over 30,000 on Instagram mm. with a strong message on healing your emotions. Yeah. Uh, 
I think it's really hard for people to understand to see the old you. Yeah. Um, and I found it really, uh, I felt really, knowing you as Matt Cammer now, I felt it really hard to imagine you as the old Matt Cammer. Yeah. And I only known you for a short period of time, but you know, social, been following you on social media for a while. So I took some notes yesterday, actually, because I on your um, you, you talk openly about how you were bullied at school, yeah. leading you to like about your obesity, and then also it led to shyness and self consciousness, mm. and people used to call you instead of Matt Kama, um, Fat Kama, and Mute Kama. It was, was it, Fat Matt and Mute Kama. Is it Kama your, is it your last name? Yeah. Kama? Okay, Matt Kama. That's a cool name. Yeah. Thanks, bro. Um, that's crazy, dude. Like, mm. but I find it fascinating that you are here where you are now. Yeah. First of all, what was it like? As that, like, tap into that young young Matt before. Like, what was he like, man? How was he feeling socially at school and himself? Yeah. Well, it's I don't have to tap into it because it's still a very big part of me every single day that mm. comes up. Every single day it comes up when I, I coming here. I was like reminding myself of doing deep breathing because I, I I still have it's still the pattern of like social anxiety still yeah. shows up yeah the pattern of shyness still comes up whenever there's there's a group of people and I have no idea who someone is and I'm like let me just shrink mm. but again the practice as I mentioned before is that I'm very well practiced being able to catch it and then just do the exact opposite yeah, yeah. of we got a good what story my about this ego forward slash illusionist I call it is saying from this the, is the shadow side you yeah. Right. Would you refer that to you as your shadow? For sure. Yeah. Definitely. So I don't have to I don't have to tap back into it, man, mm. but I do remember so many times where uh, I would try to speak to someone and my hands shaking or just stuttering or totally avoiding social situations, lying to friends and saying I can't go to the beach because really I didn't want to be with a group of big group of people or I didn't want to be in a situation where I had to take my shirt off in front of people. So I would avoid it completely by lying or I would just straight up not reply to people because I didn't want to be in that situation. Mm. Not going to school carnivals where there was swimming because I didn't want to be in a situation where I'm sitting with people and everyone's got their shirts off and here I am still with my shirt on. Wow. You know? So it still comes up man. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. I think like that was a, a big part of um, my journey as well was like realizing that the shadow is actually a healthy integrated part of you because it helps you but a lot of the time it's not and we're, it's, un, um, it's not observed exactly and we're unaware of it yeah but for you where did you get what was the turning point or what was like key in your shift to start going hey I've got to change something here and what were those things that you started to do are you talking about in terms of from all from like where you were self-conscious, where you were shy, um, you were overweight, like how did you start this trajectory of where you're at now from where you were? So going back into what you were talking about before, like having someone that, that push, right? Yeah. That push for me was one of my cousins. He was really, really overweight. His name's Sever and he lives in Sydney and that he was really, really chubby as well. And he started to lose all this weight and I was asking him, what the hell are you doing? How is this all happening? How are you losing so much weight? And he said to me, I've stopped drinking cordial. I haven't been eating McDonald's. I haven't been having any fizzy drink and I've gone vegetarian. He didn't say vegetarian. He just said no meat. Whoa. So I was like, shit, I've been trying to lose a lot of weight. Let me try that exact thing. So I didn't eat any meat. I was not having any fizzy drinks. When we go to McDonald's, I wouldn't 
say, hey mom, can you get me some McDonald's? I want to do any of that. Mm. And I started to lose all this weight. So that push came from someone just being the example of what's possible. Mm. So that's why I was saying that sometimes you can just have someone that you follow online and they can give you that push mm. indirectly by, the, by them being an embodiment or by them reflecting back to you what's actually possible. Yeah even without them saying anything. They're mm. showing you what's possible. Mm. So for me, it was my cousin. That was the first thing that made me go, this can be different, this can change. But that pain was underneath that anyways, that fueled me to be like, okay, now I'm seeing that it's possible. There's pain that's causing me to not want to be this way. And that was like the perfect cocktail for wow. okay. drive. Wow, interesting. Yeah. So like, so the fitness was the big part of you and then you went to do a, like become a personal trainer because yeah, you're a personal like, trainer dude yeah. that's crazy yeah that like maybe what is it that you saw so much potential in overcoming your own shit mm. that you were like oh, i want to help other people yeah is that what it i just was? started to fall in love with it i started to yeah. fall in love with training so this day i love training um not all the time i still like don't want to do it but i love the i love the the, the puppy's going, the puppy's going crazy up there <laughs> yeah I, I i don't love training i love the little bits of training that i get when my mind says oh, i can't do it anymore like, wow. and but i continue to do it and there's another part of me that just taps out i call it mj this part of me mj starts to come out and i just start being a totally completely different person like you know? beast mode beast mode yeah wow who's mj MJ is the dude that I guess is the the shadow side of me or the part of me that just gets into full acceptance with ego the part of me that loves shit talking when I'm playing Uno or when I'm playing touch football the purse the part of me that is totally accepting anger or you doesn't is okay with using past experiences as fuel you know I think that sometimes people are trying to avoid the ego completely and they say mm. I just want to get rid of the ego yeah. but for me, MJ is this part of me that says, okay, we got this human starter pack yeah. and inside this human starter pack that life gifted us, that God gifted us, whatever it is that you believe, the ego was in this starter pack. And for me, I love competitiveness or MJ loves competitiveness. MJ loves tapping into past experiences that created a lot of pain and using that as fuel yeah. to prove someone wrong or something like that mm. right and instead of me judging that side of me i just say this is here this is totally cool if i need to use this right now to get the next kilometer out where i need to remember someone saying that i couldn't do it mm. so be it doesn't mean that i'm not spiritual it just means that i'm into full acceptance, acceptance. of everything which i think is what true spirituality really is 100 is just a full acceptance of who you are yeah right and then that's exactly what we're talking about. i just literally said that before as we were starting i yeah. said i think spirituality is true self-expression yeah um man we you and i like we share the same uh we share the same um passions i guess you can say as like becoming the best version of ourselves by you know using ourselves to like navigate from the old self to the new self which comes from a bit of self-awareness like how did you go from moving your emotions through, or how did you go from identifying that emotions was causing all the pain and everything before? Because that's a big part of what you do now with the deep end. Yeah. You, you went and did the, you lost weight and did the physical stuff. When did the emotional stuff start coming in and how did it start coming in? Yeah, I can remember one specific moment. I don't think I've ever shared this. I don't think so. Oh, I've wow. never shared this. Exclusive. But exclusive. <laughs> so for me, I was always in the pattern of learning things from the head. 
listening to podcasts, watching YouTube videos, reading books, and that's awesome. And mm. it serves me for, and it still serves me to this day. However, what I was missing was I was still trying to get somewhere in terms of when I learn this piece of information, when I become this person, that's when I'm going to feel enough. But it wasn't so much about learning new information. It was more about the unlearning mm. of what I've bought into, the illusion that I bought into. And for me, um, the illusion that I bought into is that men don't cry. Mm. Men don't feel. Yeah. I remember so many times with my dad, especially him being the way he is, it, anytime that I would cry, just me being physically hit or me just being told to shut up, to not cry, to stop crying. So many damn times, man. So when that when a situation would happen, I would just be like totally blocked mm. off. And that sabotaged so many relationships because people would literally say to me during sex, I just, I don't feel you. Wow. And when someone would say, when someone would talk about making love, I'd be like, making love? Like, what does that even mean? Wow, making, making love, like I didn't know what that was. And I remember people tell me their experience around it past, and there was a time where a previous partner of mine, um, we ended the relationship, or I ended the relationship. And I didn't know what it was, but there were so many things that was going on in my brain. And the next day, I remember being in front of her in my garage, I used to live in my mom's garage, and we're in, her, in, the, in my room, and I just told her that I didn't want to be together anymore. And I remember just seeing her break down and she was bawling her eyes out and I just felt nothing. There was no compassion, no empathy, and I just didn't know why. Mm. Fast forward the next day, I remember I had no car at the time and I was like, I don't know, I, 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 need, I need to come see you. My mom took me to her house and she lived about 30 minutes away. And when I was there, that was the first time that I've ever cried in front of another person, in front of my, Whoa. in front of another woman, Whoa. besides my, like my mom. And I remember I just said, all the shit that I've been holding inside, that shadow part of me, or that part of me that felt like I couldn't speak out loud because of so much guilt and shame. And I remember telling her like, I don't feel successful. I feel like a fraud. I don't feel like I can love someone because I'm struggling to love myself. How can I ever have love for you if I'm feeling so much hate towards myself? I'm a personal trainer right now. I'm telling other people to love thyself at the end of my videos, but mm. I fucking judge myself every day. And I remember just bawling my eyes out. It didn't say like, it wasn't said like that. It was so broken because I was yeah. just bawling my eyes out. And that was the first time that I just started to let everything out. Whoa. And what, I don't know what caused it, but something within there, I think it was that moment where I just started to feel no, nothing from mm. seeing someone in so much pain that I was like, What's what's wrong with me? Or like, what what's what what is this? Yeah. Why can't I feel for someone? You know. Wow. And did you? That's crazy, man. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Do you um, did you notice that uh, you felt lighter after crying? Yeah. Yeah. It's like an emotional enema. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's so good. Emotional yeah. enema. That's what it felt like. Wow. Because I, you know, I can totally relate to this. The whole men thing. Um, growing up in the in country towns playing rugby you know with the boys yeah. um in the mining industry as well i've wow. been there for eight Massive. years so it's like i think there's a and there's a lot of suicides in the mining industry i think because people can't open up yeah and crying is 
almost looked at uh, like it's frowned upon to be honest like if we can't seen as weak it's seen as weak like so I really love hearing people like yourself talk about it so openly because it's sometimes when I'm saying it it feels like I'm speaking by myself I'm the only person saying this sort of stuff but it's like that's why I think it's so powerful is doing podcasts and collecting people on the same wavelength saying the same message Mm. to get people to go people listening right now go oh there's something to this so it was really cool to paint your picture of where you were at man and to where you are now and like seeing that that breakthrough because everyone's going to have a breakthrough period it's deciding now what to do with it exactly were you going down this period um, of like healing after that yeah did you do what is it what type of healing were you sort of so many things man and what are we healing I I think I want to get your opinion on what you think we're healing it's it's healing but it's it's more about remembering okay I think and sometimes in order for us to remember we need to heal but at the end of it all it's really just remembering our true selves yeah and sometimes we forget it a lot of us forget it from so Mm -hmm. much conditioning that happens but I feel like it's healing the lie to remember the truth. Mm-hmm. And the lie can be given to us. The lie can be borrowed from parents. The lie can be borrowed from bullies. The lie can be borrowed from your auntie, your uncle, what you see on TV. Ah, I see this person looking that way. Let me borrow this. Let me take this on. That's how I must look in order for me to feel good enough. Yeah. Ah, my dad said this about me. I'm go- that must be the truth. I must not be intelligent. I must not be good enough. I must mm. be someone who has to work this job. Okay. And then we just take it on and never question it. Mm-hmm. Never see the illusion behind this. Yeah. So when we notice the lie, when we heal the lie, instantly the truth emerges. Our mm. higher self, that part of us that is never hurt, that is never broken, that is always there. It's always in the background just waiting for us to get out of their own way where it can pop up and say, thank you. Mm. Thank you for letting me out. And it's always there. For some of us, it's, it's poking its head out and we can sometimes feel that. Or for some of us, it's in this cage like rattling us to say, hey, let me out. And that can be manifested. And you know it's manifested where there's something within you that's rattling to come out when mm. you feel depressed for no reason. For some reason, you don't feel like going to work because your soul saying, yeah, because I don't want to be doing this. Mm. Or you're in a relationship and there's just something within you, there's this little whisper saying, this isn't it. Mm-hmm. This person, this, this relationship isn't it. There's something so much better. Mm. That's your soul saying, yeah, listen to me. Yeah. And it can be so challenging sometimes because we don't get taught this. So what I t- tell my client and what I had to tell myself is that when we first start to learn to listen to our intuition, big part of healing totally. is because the heal, the intuition is like the guidance system to guide you on that healing journey. Yeah, wow. And when we first learn to do this, what I say to my clients is that it's kind of like when you first do this, it's kind of like trying to listen to a walkie-talkie that's out of distance. So what I mean by this is that when we first start to meditate and when we first first start to listen to that inner voice that's guiding us towards wherever it is that it needs to go to feel happy. At first, it's going to be like this. So here you are. If, I, if you're really far away and I tell you a message and I'm trying to talk to you and I'm like, uh, hey, bro, um, I want you to go and do this thing. What you're going to hear is, hey, hey, and it's going to be so broken up and it's going to be very, it's going to be so many mixed messages, mm. right? But what happens is as we start to get physically closer, 
then the message starts to get clearer and you're gonna hear on the other end, mm -hmm. hey bro, I want you to go and do this thing. And it's so clear and then you can listen and then you can go and do it. Mm. And when we first learn to listen to this voice, at first you're meditating, you're first starting mm -hmm. to listen to this feeling that's in mm -hmm. here and it's gonna be like because it's so out of distance, there's no relationship and you're not close to it. But over time you start listening, you start asking questions and you first start listening to the first thing that comes up, yeah. which I believe is the intuition. Yeah. Then the second voice is the, the mind, the yeah. illusionist yeah. or ego. It's a practice and you do that more and more and more. And then it's so clear that you can't help but follow your intuition, but follow that voice. Wow. Yeah. Wow, man. I'm so glad you brought that up. There's so many gold nuggets in that. I've never really heard that analogy before of like the phone call or like the call, you know, yeah, between you and the walkie talkie. Like that's, that's amazing. And I, I'm so glad you brought this up because I didn't really expect it. But I think that is, a, I agree with you, man, 100%. Intuition is a crucial part of um, stepping into your true self because yeah. it tells you that uh, these friends aren't good for me anymore. Yeah, and it says, oh, exactly. I don't really want to drink, but I'm going to. Yes. Um, I don't really want to go to work, like you said, the job, because you know it's not really what I want, it's what my parents want. Something more, exactly. Study, because it's what my parents want. Yeah. Um, Meditation, you mentioned meditation in that process to tune into that intuition. I've done it so much more now. And I think when I started meditating, I, I did a 10-day silent retreat. I talk about it a lot because it was Vipassana. monumental. I did a Vipassana. Dude, best thing. It was, okay, so I say it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, but the best thing yeah. until I just did Tim's retreat because yeah. I released some demons in that retreat. I'm sure. And stuff I thought I'd take to the grave with me. And, you know, you can imagine, you know, that feeling of just, Guilt, oh, shame letting or, it go yeah. and, and going oh no one actually cared yeah. um yeah <laughs> like, oh cool it's just me yeah. um and then so vipassana tuned my frequency in mm. styled it in so much so i started mm. paying attention to who i was and i realized that's where i saw emotion as bottling up in the body mm. and that's their philosophy in buddhism it was like emotions are called sankaras and you know you release them as you allow them to uh, be present and not trying to like scratch them away because yeah, we're so that. you know like we're so used to the comfort that we don't want any discomfort coming in yeah. and that was the analogy they use is like if you've got a sore hip why don't you sit with it and see what it is yeah. um, but we don't want to do that for so long mm. and then that's where they talk about emotions anyway that was where I came to and the, the meditation was big in tuning into my body to the point now where I go someone asked me want to do something I'm like no, I'm not really feeling it. Hey, it's not lighting me up, and I and I don't. And sort of and like everyone thinks that social isolation right now is horrible, but I'm like, dude, I'm thriving I in social. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Are you loving it? Yeah, I love just, like, it. There's no like pressure, external pressure, like because I'm sure you you would probably say, no, I don't want to do it anyway. Mm. I, actually, I, I know that would be the case, but like it's just you and yourself now. If you mm. want to like do that, yeah. is that what you're noticing? For sure. Yeah. But the reason why I said that was for totally different. It just popped up. I was actually, when I was running, I, I feel running this with meditation, for example, yeah. I feel like we, this is just my definition, but I, on my Instagram story today, I, I wrote down 12 kilometers of meditation, right? Or 12, no, 12 kilometers of therapy. Wow. But I also believe that it's also 12 kilometers of meditation because when yeah. I'm running, I'm so with my mind. Yeah. It's just me and my mind. All right, yeah. let's do this for an hour and 15 minutes. Let's, it's just, just you and I. And... 
we can also be meditating while laying down. We can be meditating with our eyes still. Yeah. We can be meditating with yoga. People call that meditation. You can be meditating while making love. You can yeah. be meditating with so many different things, right? And what, what, why do we? What was that question? I guess we're talking about how meditation worked tuned into your uh, intuition and being present. Yeah. So with that, I think that when our mind is so still aka the illusionist aka the ego aka whatever it is that you want to label that other voice it becomes so quiet that that other voice that is always there starts to emerge and then you can hear it so damn clear yeah. like right now if we weren't talking we would be able to hear the air conditioner yeah. that's always been running yeah. right but we weren't noticing it until we said it mm -hmm. but people listening there's probably a background noise that's going on right now yeah. for them that if they stopped they'd probably be able to hear it yeah. And while people are going throughout their day-to-day, -day, there's always that voice yeah. that's saying. And it's giving you these little nudges, right? First, it gives you a nudge. And if you don't listen to the nudge, then it gives you a little elbow. And if you don't, give, if you don't listen to the elbow, then it gives you a massive slap in the face, right? And that nudge, I believe, or the whisper, is first in a feeling. Yeah. Makes no sense why, but there's a feeling, like you said, it doesn't excite me. Yeah. Doesn't, I don't feel it right now. Mm. So if we can listen to the feeling, which is also the intuition, mm -hmm. if you can't hear the verbalization of it, just listen to the feeling, follow the feeling. It'll always be here, yeah. you feel it. And I think the easiest way to go is by asking yourself, does it feel light or heavy? Okay, that's a good one. Yeah, I like does that. it excite me or does it contract me? Yeah. But then being able to question that because sometimes people can go, yeah, it doesn't excite me, but really there's some other story that's associated with why it feels heavy. Mm. So being able to ask a question, that the comes answer. when you're like an expert like yourself, you've been going through the process <laughs> so many times, you're like, ah, I know where this is coming from. Because yeah. a lot of people can't. Yeah. That's cool. So I think that, I think that's a really easy way. Does this feel light or heavy? Yeah. You know what? I don't want to be with this person right yeah. now. I don't want to go on that lunch date. Yeah. Yeah. So no. Yeah. That's, I couldn't agree more, bro. And one thing I say about the, the sound as well, like meditation, it's what we're really touching on here for those who are, we've sort of gone down a, a whirly road. We're talking about um, identifying your true self within who's speaking to you because this whole podcast is about the emotional distancing that we have um, in, in society, which has been going on long before and long after. It's going to go over long after the coronavirus is mm. ending and it's going to affect everyone's relationships with themselves and with others. Yeah. And we are both standing on the other side, knowing what it feels like to truly connect with our true self mm. and to connect with other people that enjoy our true self. Yes. That's, and we'll touch on how our social society, our social, uh, your social groups change through that process. But meditation is what you and I are saying, and you specifically, focusing on, it's focusing on bringing out your intuition. Yes. I couldn't agree more. One of the things that I say with meditation for people that, you know, when I'm coaching people, it's generally guys that haven't really understood, like are on the they're borderline with this and they want to change, but they don't know what to do. Mm. Ourselves a couple of years ago. And I say, listen to five sounds. Tune into five sounds around you right now. Mm. And that takes you out of this. I love that. And it just is so like good. boom, boom, boom. I do it sometimes before I go to bed if I'm like thinking too much. Yeah. And like, so yeah, you hear the aircon, you hear the leaves, you hear the puppy. I can't hear anything else. Mm. But like, you know, if you spend long enough, you will hear that and that takes you out of the head. Yeah. And that's like the practice, like the cultivating the muscle. Hey. Yeah. You know what's crazy, dude? It's like, we're sitting here talking, um, we're helping other people, you know, step into their true self. 
What's crazy is seeing where you're at now, you've gone from, by doing this work, doing the emotional work, you've gone from being very, very shy to a YouTuber. You've gone from um, being fat to being a life coach and being a fitness machine. Mm. Um, what else did I have in there? You went from a dishwasher to yeah. a multiple- How did you know that? I saw, I saw, how did you even know? Is, it, is that on my it's Instagram on or something? Website. Oh, really? I went through all your scroll and just like touching, like pulling stuff out that on your Instagram, pulling stuff out that went into this yeah, category. I didn't even know I was on there. Yeah, it's, it's on your um, about um, dish, which I love because it's like people want to do what they love in life. Mm. It come if you want to do that, tap into your true self. Yeah, you're doing what you love, um, and like I said, it's an ever-evolving journey. But yeah. you got a six multiple six-figure business out of it mm. instead of doing something where you don't want to set your alarm or you you go fucking selling your soul yeah and that's tuning into your intuition led you to this yeah tuning into your true self led you to this i think i had something else um oh yeah hated public speaking but now you're speaking at your own retreats yeah that's significant man Mm. and i think people knowing now you know we talk about is when you get to that break having someone to push you through yeah right having someone to hold you accountable having the willingness to go there, the willpower to go there, and tuning into what's, like getting rid of the lies that you've been fed, mm. changing the belief systems. Like mm. that's a recipe for success there, dude. Because I'm thinking of a couple of people in my mind right now who are being coached um, by me. And I talk, true self-expression is essentially everything I talk about. And we always go to belief systems. Mm. And I'm thinking about them as I'm interviewing you. I'm like, what would they want to know right now? But like, I think the next, like the really um, key one is to talk about how, social anxiety is a big one, but I'll touch that in a sec. How did your friendships shift? Yeah. Because this is the big Massive. killer in a lot of people. Like that's what I think a lot of people are scared of, hey, mm-hmm. is um, leaving their old friend group behind. But even though that whisper inside them says they're not for me, they're not serving my purpose anymore. How did that happen for you and what happened? Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the story of that. So first I want to backtrack it with one thing that you, that you mentioned, something that I'm really big on is practicing is speaking my truth, but also speaking the truth. Mm. So you mentioned like multiple six figure business, full transparency. I've never done a multiple six figure year. I've done six figures, close to multiple six figures, but never done um, a multiple six figure year. I wanted yeah. to just say that. Okay, cool. Make sure Thanks, I can. Brother. Yeah. Appreciate that. With my friend group, what's changed is when I was younger or when I was in my personal training role, I was hanging around a lot of people that gossiped a lot. Yeah. You know, we had a personal training staff room. <sighs> I think I just swallowed a mosquito, bro. <laughs> <laughs> one less did you see that just go in? <laughs> one less <laughs> one Let me wash this being down. Oh, that's not coming out with this other <laughs> gross drink here. Bro, you could have stopped me. You could have stopped that damn. I mean, here I am being a. Ve- I'm no longer vegan. <laughs> Destroying consciousness, one mosquito at a time, man. Shit, no longer oh, vegan. Got to take that out of my. Got to take that out of my bio now. Out of my website. Uh, we're going to touch on that at the end too. This um, morning when I was getting my coffee, I've, uh, a little bug flew into my eye. Yeah. Into my mouth, now into my eye, what's next? Oh. Into my ear or something. Yeah, one with everything. <clears throat> Damn. That's funny. <clears throat> so, not biting my feet anymore anyway, so that's great. <laughs> so back to what, so shit, now it went on your feet, now it's in my, yeah. now it's in my stomach. <laughs> when, when I was a personal trainer, 
I had a lot of personal trainers in there that would just gossip. I remember just hating going into the staff room because sometimes they'd either be talking about someone else and they would want me to join and everyone would be laughing at another trainer or I'd be going in and I could hear them laughing but as soon as I walked in, it would stop. And that's when I knew that they were either talking about me, right? So I had a, they were like my friends at the time and I had yeah. other friends that were gambling a lot. I started to develop this very close, going down a very close dark road of going, getting into gambling addiction, hanging around people that would just always be like, let's go to a party, let's go to the club, now let's go get women. And it was just soul draining, mm. you know? Were you like happy in that point though? Were you just like trying to fit in and just like, or were you just following because you I didn't think, really know Yeah, I think, you know, if I'm being completely honest, I think that at that time, I, I would, yeah, I guess I was happy because that was like all I knew. And laughing and, yeah, yeah. totally. I think because I didn't know what, what else there was, there was, so I couldn't con- con- contrast, ah, oh, there's something better yeah. because I didn't know what yeah. else there was. Kind of like a fish in a, that was born or straight away put into a little tank doesn't know that there's a whole entire ocean out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's, that's how I was feeling. I was mm. just content, just happy with it. And it wasn't until I started to listen to people like Tony Robbins and getting into personal development seminars and going there and realizing, shit, everyone looks so happy here. Everyone's so positive. And then seeing the contrast of going back into old, being with old friends, I'm like, you know what? This isn't who I want to be around. Mm -hmm. And I'm starting to see that when I'm around these people, I feel this way or I start to get drawn back into old ways. So I have to let them go completely. So I literally just stopped hanging around them. It wasn't a, I'm going to slowly stop hanging around them. Just, I, I remember one day where I just stopped. And I also had friends that would laugh at me or mimic me when I'd make YouTube videos. Because I used to speak very quickly or they would laugh at me when they made a video, when I made a video. And wow. yeah, it just, it just. How'd that make you feel when you were like. Like shit. Yeah. Like, 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 like shit, man. Did you so, want to stop doing the videos? I, I did stop. Wow. I had, before this YouTube channel, I had two other YouTube channels. Whoa. The first YouTube channel I stopped because I remember I was at my f- friend's house and he was mimicking me and I just said, fuck this, deleted everything. Well, I put all the videos in private, YouTube is still there. The second YouTube channel I had, I stopped as well because another trainer was laughing at me because of the way that I was doing exercises and then he was also saying that this is in proper form. I was like, fuck this, I can't handle this judgment. So I completely stopped that. And then again, listening to that feeling, there was something within me Someone saying, saying, get on YouTube, get on YouTube, create, go out there and, and start using your voice. And the reason why it impacted me so much was because of that trauma of constantly being called mute karma. Mm. So it was so easy for me to be like, all right, let me just shrink back. People are laughing at me. I was taught that being seen equals pain because of me being bullied. Here it is happening again, shrink, run away. Don't go into that. So it took around a year before I started to make videos again. Wow, dude, that's crazy. Cause like, I, didn't, I had no idea. Third channel, 100,000 subscribers. Um, and seeing where you're at now, it's like a lot of people wouldn't realize that. And I think it's so good to see. Cause you are like, even just your transparency before that realness in you. It's like, cause I know a lot of people out there thinking, man, I don't know what to do. Like, it's okay for him. He got lucky or whatever. Like everyone's got this within them. Like, I think that's why I'm so passionate about it is because, and, and same with you, is because you've seen the contrast and you've seen the progression and you say, it is okay. And yeah. we're helping those people come through. Um, you know, 
when you changed your, when you started noticing that and you saw the contrast, like I think that's what I did too. Yeah. If I think back now, <coughs> that's right. I think, because I could only, like I've been a very spiritual person growing up, like doing all the cards, psychics, talking about ghosts, all that sort of stuff with my mum. She's from New Zealand and like that Maori culture, I think it's, yeah, it's quite in there. It's very spiritual. Definitely, man. But I couldn't, no one really <coughs> knew about it. And I think I remember I was talking about spirituality on something when I was living in Canada and somehow I was writing, I was taking photos, I, did, I got right into photography and I had an Instagram for photography and I was taking all these photos and I started writing deep stuff, like deep stuff as I saw and that was when I was starting to expand and I only found out later when I moved back to Perth uh, from my ex-girlfriend who's a good friend and she was like, oh, they were sort of like joking about you saying, oh, what's Luca think he's all spiritual and shit now wow. and she stepped in for me and she's just like, no, he's actually been spiritual his whole life. Yeah. And they didn't know. They didn't know, dude. Mm. To the point where even another friend, I, I had a, my first podcast that I did on another episode, uh, on another show, talking about my story. One of my um, longtime friends, a good friend of mine now, um, who's, who's, who's going through this transition now, he's in the group that I'm coaching. Mm-hmm. And he goes, bro, I never had any idea that you were going through all that shit or that was your life. I'm talking about shit that happened from a young age that led me to where I was doing all those drugs and alcohol and all that sort of shit and all the other stuff. Yeah. But he didn't know. Yeah. Like how, that's a classic example. And that's not to him. That's not um, judging him. That's judging the societal conditioning that puts true friendships or friendships exactly. in, in everyone's faces. Yeah. And I think a lot of people think that quantity on social media, on Instagram, like having a I used to want like 20, 30 guys in my photos on Instagram. So when I could post them on my personal Instagram, be like, yo, I'm the man. Yeah. It's not about that. It's about quality, dude. And um, I just wanted to share that to give people the realization that it's gonna, like, if you want to change, you're going to have to shift social groups. Mm -hmm. And eventually you will see, like, it's like you open another door, like to Narnia. Like there was a whole heap of people waiting for you that like mm-hmm. you and I yeah we are um we were not would have probably maybe would have got along actually many many years ago but you know to come down the same path and and end up bumping into each other mm. and having so many things in common is testament to the work that we've done yeah to be able to sit here and be open and honest with each other so for you were you like were you alone like going into your next friend group or meeting new people when you were like doing self-development stuff mm. and seeing that contrast did you have a period of i call it aloneness yeah some people say loneliness but i think they're a little bit different but like were you quite alone it, i was but it was more because i chose that because i had like a lot of um challenging i had a lot of I guess, uninspected thoughts around creating, especially around men, like that, mm. that brotherhood. And also I felt like I, there was parts of being with old friends that I loved to this day. Like yeah. those parts of the, um, being able to tease each other, but like jokingly yeah. or being able to, that competitiveness yeah. that you had with each other or being able to just chill around and like, especially with finding quote-unquote spiritual friends yeah it can be very easy to be like let's just speak about spirituality oh, all day dude. but i love to just speak about <laughs> random shit like footy yeah. i love to speak about other things as well i love to joke yeah. around i love to play uno i love to play video games i love to do all that stuff yeah. right and i think that 
being able to, to know yourself and know what's important to you. And then once we know what that is, then you can filter out, okay, yeah. this person's not for me, this person is for me. And I think that, yeah, that, that, was, the, that was the biggest thing. But yeah. I also had a lot of, um, I guess, intimacy issues with not just friendships, but also in relationships as well. Mm. But I think that's super important. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, I love how you, you just mentioned, I'm glad you actually mentioned that. It's like, we think that when we change or when we're changing into this best version of ourselves, we've got to leave all this old yeah. part, of the stuff that we actually still enjoy. Yeah. That's so cool. And that was a big lesson that I learned when I moved to Bali. Um, we moved. Ubud, right? We yeah, we moved into Ubud. And like, I'm, like, I'm going to be with like more like-minded people because yeah. of that spirituality aspect. I'm like, yeah, people know what I'm doing. People <laughs> get me, man. Like, and talk that shit. Yeah. And for a long time, I pushed a lot because I had just finished playing state titles, touch footy. And I pushed it all away and I went all out of it. And I jumped out and I'm like, no, no, I'm just going into like what I love, yeah. spirituality. And then I started, um, I'm going to be honest here, because, you know, and this is where I went through my own judgment of myself, mm. is I started noticing that there was people that were just like completely gone down the, the wormhole of like spirituality. And I'm just like, Especially in Ubud, oh, dude, that's yeah. a hot fucking center for a day. <laughs> Um, and I was like, oh, and I started calling them the feather people. It's like the people that are like wearing the feathers in the face paint. Yes. And I was judging them hard. And to this day, like it was, a, it was the judgment that I was placing on myself for yeah. like through that process of yes. who I was and, and who I needed to be. And, and then I, I got to this point where I'm like, I actually like my old self. Like mm. I love UFC. Same. Which is so Fuck funny, yeah. dude. That, which bro. is so funny because, like, we're talking about like love, love and, and I love that, yeah. Like, love to all beings, which you say, like, yeah. love to all beings. We're like, just beat him up, man. Like, tap him out. Total but I think contrast. that's the competitiveness of it. And like, what I like about UFC, actually, we'll just talk about that for a sec. Mm. I love the fact that you can just be such. It's such a mental game. Yeah. And like, you can imagine ninety thousand or having people that are screaming at you in that center. I don't know how many there are thousands of people screaming at you in the center and you've got to go to physical war with someone mm. to not kill them but to make them submit yeah. to prove your dominance mm. how much mental strength that requires physical strength as well mental strength so much yep. that's what I love about it yeah. I just, I'm just i just fascinated with the beasts in there man mm. and how they can just overcome something because yep. you know when you get anxiety say you, you, you've got to kick a goal when it's like five minutes to go or you've yep. got to make this conversion and you're on the sideline and it's determined, it determines your team's entry into the grand final. The, the energy that flows through you takes you completely out of your body. Yep. And I think the work that you do is like this um, inner work allows you to be there with it. Mm. And I admire that so much. But I think, okay, that was a tangent. Um, we're talking about how if you want to change and you think that you've got to let go of old parts of yourself that you really love, yep. you don't. You just have to start expressing the parts that you love yes. that have been hidden for so long yes. and then integrate them with the old you, Yeah, right? 100%. Anything man. you want to add to that? I think that I do with coming back to, to, to the UFC, especially with anyone who has a disowned part of them. That's a, that's a big part of what shadow work is. Mm. The shadow for anyone who is listening for the first time, the most simplest way to put it that I like to describe it as, it's the part of us that we disown it's the part of us that we judge. It's the part of us that we say, this side of me isn't okay. Mm -hmm. And when someone suppresses that side of them, they will seek it elsewhere. Mm -hmm. For example, if someone who grew up as the quote unquote good boy, that's what I did. My dad did a whole entire 360, 180 with his life, 
being in the army, being in lots and lots of trouble, taking drugs, so much shit that I won't speak about right now, but a lot. He then he became very, very Christian. Mm -hmm. So for him, he didn't want me to be raised as what he was. He didn't want to pass that down. So he made sure that he was very disciplined with me. He made sure that I was the quote unquote good boy. And what happened was I started to develop addictions or I started to seek that uh, when I get on, got on the footy field, for example, I let out so much aggression where I would get in trouble or it would just wouldn't be the best, right? And the reason why I'm saying this is because when we look at UFC, for example, or when you think of a movie character, let me ask you a question. Who's in, who in UFC do you love? Like, who's your favorite? I'm big on Adesanya right now. Okay. What is it about him that you love? Uh, you know, what's funny is I love uh, his uniqueness in the fighting. Like, calling himself the last style bender. Yeah. And, like, how he can take on anyone in any, in any form. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And I love that he just, when he talks, he, he deep down you can see his kindness yeah. and his love for everyone. Yeah. But he talks with, like, what people would say arrogance. Mm. But he became the world champion in like that. Yeah. It's like he expressed his truth yes. in that moment. That's what I would say. Perfect. So the reason why I ask that is because if you look at, this is for anyone, if you look at anyone who inspires you, whether that be in sports, mm. whether that be an animal even, whether that be a movie character, any reason why that person might inspire you is because they are reflecting back to something within your subconscious that is already there that hasn't yet been totally integrated yeah. that is in you that wants to come out to play even more so for example for me i think about lions and i think about iron man i love iron man and i loved iron man growing up because here here is me part of me that let go of this part of me that was uh hmm. l using my voice wasn't intelligent i cheated in school because i had so many uh, self uh, insecurities around my intelligence not confident being called Fat Matt, being called Mute Karma, and then Iron Man, here he is, full of confidence, charisma, able to like take up space in a room, everyone is uh, eyes on him, he has this drive where he can just be in his dungeon and work while everyone's doing their own thing. And the reason why he inspired me is because my subconscious was being reflected back to something that's in here, that's dormant, that wants to come out. And he can take that with um, how do you say his name? The style bender, right? Yeah, style his bender. uniqueness, his ability to speak his truth. Yeah. Either that's already within, it's definitely there, but there's also something that I'm longing to let out. Yeah. Bang on. If I look back at all the people, um, the unique qualities that I like in other people, like Gary V, I just love the fact that he's just, he doesn't care if he's around someone who's like at his level, yeah. like in an expo or something, or like talking. He just says it. Says it. Says it as is. And yeah. um, I watch him in Cardone. And Cardone, yes, and Cardone's quite a dominating person. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is going to be interesting. Yeah. And he just is like, he go, Cardone goes to him, who do you reckon works harder, me, me. or you? Straight away with him. He's like, like a me. Second. I don't know what you do, but I know no one will have my work ethic. And yes. I'm just like, oh. yes. And I could tell like Cardone's ego got involved. Yeah. But I like that dude. That's a good, um, a good pointer for the people listening right now. Is like, who do you admire most and write down the qualities that you admire so much yes. and that's a part of you that's wanting to be expressed yes and if you were to go even one level onto that with you one of your unique things that you do is like if it makes you feel uncomfortable do it yes now Fuck yes that's that's my that's your like that's how yes. you do it hey like, i love that yeah yeah if it makes you feel uncomfortable do it and that's 
that's wild, man. I love that. Mm. And I think everyone, I think this what the good thing with this coaching group um, that I started and, and what, what you do is that challenging people. And yes. I want to talk about a challenge that you've had, that you got given. Mm. But if you set that challenge for someone and hold them accountable to it and say, okay, you got to do, if you, if you don't like that and that makes you uncomfortable, your true self, your intuition is coming out and saying, you need to do it. Yes. Then you're going to do it. Yeah. And I don't care what you say. Um, because I want to talk about, I think this this one here is is brilliant. Uh, this YouTube video mm. that you did, I watched it yesterday, and I called DK over. I said, DK, watch this. You got to watch this. You were doing Preston Smiles and uh, Alexi Panos's program, yeah. And they set you a challenge of singing in public because your voice, obviously being called mute, mute karma, or like your shyness came through. But yet you had to do the work. You wanted to do the work of speaking and doing content creating, so you needed to speak. Yes. So you went into a food court, yep. packed full of people, and you sung Justin Bieber. Yeah. I was nervous watching that. <laughs> like I was like, dude. And you were like, you were shaking, shaking the ball on the hands video. Shaking, hands are sweating. I'm going to add this like in the show notes. Yeah. But tell us about that, bro. That's extreme vulnerability yeah. and extreme courage. Yeah. Uh, tell us why you did it, why you needed to do it, mm. and how you felt after it. Yeah. So why I needed to do it was because I believe this is something I said on a call this morning and I teach in my deep end program if I don't believe there's like a five steps to success with anything I don't believe in like quick fixes or hacks but if there's anything that comes close to it in terms of personal evolution it is this when you do the exact opposite of what your ego wants you to do you will evolve wow dude that's like the closest that you could come to a quote unquote hack to personal evolution. Notice when you don't want to do something or notice when the ego doesn't want to do something, do it. If your ego is saying, yeah, I know we're fighting in this relationship right now, but I don't want to say sorry first. Okay, do it. If the ego is saying, yeah, I know I shouldn't be calling that person to say sorry and resolve this conflict that we've had, go ahead and do that. And everyone has like 10 things that they could think of right now and for me, uh, I didn't know this at the time, but that was definitely one of them. Caring about what other people think. So damn Was that before much. or after the second, first and second YouTube channel went down? That was after. Okay. Yeah, because so that, you've started your third channel? Started the third channel by this time. And Man, you've done some yeah, work on that. That's it was, great. I, I remember going into the food court. And I was with my friend Josh. He was a dude recording. Yeah. And he was sound like a good support man, good role he's like, way. Yeah, bro, he's he's helped me so much on my personal journey. We've done some crazy shit together in terms of like being able to use my voice. Did you um, meet him? Was he an old friend or was he a new? He was friend? a personal trainer, so he was one of the personal trainers that I, that I was talking about. Um, and yeah, we've done. He's he's an awesome dude, and he was like helping me visualize. He was helping me. You probably heard him in the video, like like encouraging me. And when I was there, I saw friends from school. I see, you did say that in the video, you said there's two that. people I know. Yeah, there's two people that I remember, uh, their name's Bonnie and Nikki, and I remember seeing them, I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> and that was perfect, I, I, I was so scared, man. And when I went up in and I started to, uh, I remember went to the bathroom, and I think that's part of it, my hands were sweating. My hands are sweating just thinking about this now. Yeah. And I remember just going up there and going, I gotta do this. I have to do this for that mm. kid who was bullied. I have to do this because there were so many people who said, stop, stop making videos. You're like mocking me. So 
I was doing this for me now, but I was also doing this for the kid who was bullied, the kid who was constantly called mute karma. I remember going into a drama class and a friend, and a friend, a dude there saying that, um, you're too shy for this, right? So I was doing this for so many reasons, um, and that's why I needed to do it, and that's why I constantly do things that, will, that is scary to me. And afterwards, as you probably saw in the video from memory, that I just felt so alive, felt so energized. I felt like I was ready to yeah. run through a wall because I just tackled Mount Everest yeah. in my mind. Yeah, totally. Right? So, and you did two more videos after that? Two more the same thing? Two more, I've done that two more times, yeah. One, they weren't recorded. One time was in, um, two, two, both times were in, one time was in Brisbane, another time was in the Gold Coast. Uh, and I was singing on Happy Birthday on the street. Yeah, it wasn't as scary though, as I mentioned, because there was people walking by. Yeah. Uh, so when people are truly seeing you, it's always a bit more, yeah, bit more challenging. Yeah, totally. I, like I said, I got nervous doing it. Yeah. I mean, I speak on camera and, and doing that, but it's, I think a lot of people, and I feel the same with you, man, is like the first time I ever did a video, it took me 20 retakes, yeah. I think. Like, yeah. I'm gonna, I actually should look back at the first video I did. I did it for a Facebook group that I started when yeah. I was still working in the mines um, called I Let Go. So oh, it was okay. one life-enhancing task, go. Yeah. And it was, you had to pick it, and I said, do it for a whole year, which is ridiculous. Thinking back now, but that's way too long. Um, and I had a group, and I got everyone in there. I got 70-odd people in there, and... Uh, I did my first video and I'm like, gotta do my intro video and I had it's all set up and I was shaking and DK looked at the video because she had done all the speaking, like you've seen her speak, she's yeah, yeah, freaking yeah. incredible. Yeah. And she looked back at the video and she's like, Yeah, it wasn't too bad <laughs> And I'm like I thought it was great, like that was the twentieth like that was the twentieth take. You and thought it was magical in your mind. I thought it was me and she's Because she sees me speak like this, like yeah. For the thing, the thing I love, I think DK was that person that pushed, really pushed me out of my comfort zone because love that. she um, she was that one person, you know, that believed in me more than I did. Yeah. Sometimes we need that, bro. <sighs> Tell me about it, man. Like, it's been essential. And, and she goes, I'm, but she go, I said, what, you don't think it's that good? She goes, that's not how you speak to me when, when you're in the zone. Yeah. That's not how you speak to me when you're um, not on camera. Like, mm. you speak so passionately about your stuff. Yep. And... That's why I love Gary Vee. Like, you can imagine what Gary Vee speaks like. That's what I speak like. That's what I was speaking like at home, just mm. to like the people that were like really close to me, mm. that didn't judge me. Mm -hmm. But get on camera, oh man, you think I can speak like that? No Different. way. Yeah. So it was this muscle that you cultivate, like seeing you nervous as hell on that YouTube video, but then go do two more, and then go and do create content on YouTube and Instagram. Yeah. It's phenomenal to see, dude. But yeah. I think what people need to know right now is yes, it's tough. Yeah. Yes, it's gonna be lonely. Yes, it's going to be challenging, but you're going to get over it and you're going to make some amazing friends. Yeah. But the big, the big thing that I want to touch on just before we wrap it up, because I know you've got to bounce. Um, Probably not going to bounce it oh, right now. Yeah, it's Might just down. chill here and just do a call. Yeah, that's cool, that's man. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that's quick. Yeah, easy. Um, we have vulnerability yeah. that's underlying all of this. Yes. What's your thoughts on, on how essential vulnerability is on this journey? Everything, man. I think that so, so many different ways I can take this. I, I think that being able to speak the truth to yourself is so important. That's why the thing that you said with the multiple six-figure thing, like, I can't lie. 
it's super I, I can but I know that that translates to me lying to myself when I'm by myself yeah. I, I, I'm so that's admirable man thank you man I'm, I'm so upfront with myself I, I know that I can go okay let me write down what are all the shit that he's messing up my life right now and being like truthfully and just upfront and honest no need to sugarcoat it just like what's messing me up right now for me that was porn I was like, this is fucking up my life. It's fucking up. Can I swear on you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's fucking up my relationships. It's fucked up so many relationships. This cannot be a part of your life anymore, Matt. It's cool for other people, but this does not work. And other things, just there's so many different things that I wrote down and continue to write down that just, where I'm just honest with myself, yeah. you know? The other day, for example, there was a, uh, and this is leading to like vulnerability, one of my friends, um, she messaged me for some help with some YouTube, right? And I ignored this thing within me that said, hey, say no, you, I don't wanna do coaching right now, like a one-off session. She's like, I'm gonna pay you. And I, it, my emotions were saying no, but I said yes anyways. I wasn't expressing my truth. It's like, cool, let's, let's book in a session. And she kept messaging me, but I wasn't replying. And after about two weeks, I started to say to myself, Matt, this is a pattern, avoiding shit that is uncomfortable and speaking your truth. So I got up my phone, when I, as soon as I acknowledged it to myself, where I spoke my, when I started to speak to the truth to myself, I said, hey, X, um, I just wanna let you know that something that I'm working through right now is just being able to speak my truth. And I just wanna let you know that when I said yes, I actually, my truth was to say no, and I just wanna say I apologize, mm. but I'm gonna send you some resources that might really help you out with your YouTube journey. And then that was it, right? Wow, man. So just being able to do that to yourself first, being vulnerable to yourself first. It was a first, hard conversation to really have. Really hard. Well, yeah. So vulnerability, vulnerability is honesty. Yes. That's really it, hey? Yeah. I couldn't agree more, bro. Yeah. I um, completely admire that and I want to touch on that because that's, that's something that I'm actually taking away from this as well. Like, yeah, this journey is being vulnerable. I've had to stand up and say some, un like, some really shameful things in amongst a, lot, a big group of people before doing this healing work. Yeah. But the feeling you get afterwards is phenomenal. Yeah. Like just being so aligned with who you truly are. And um, I think I just really wanted to just paint that picture to everyone listening to this right now because you're going to need it. Yeah. Hey, you're going to need real honesty. And I wanted to see what you used your perspective on it was. So I guess for the people listening, be real, be honest and... Um, don't allow yourselves to be scared by something that needs to come out. Yes. If it needs to come out, it'll come out and it'll be okay. Mm. I promise you. Mm -hmm. um, touching on the last little thing I want to speak about yeah. is you are also a you're plant-based, vegan, yeah. animal mm -hmm. activist, a big yeah. part of who you are. 100%. Your beautiful girlfriend has the Hope for Barley Dogs yeah. um, foundation where we've got Beautiful Merka, the puppy. We yes. picked up. I saw it on your Instagram stories, and you're like, "Need a foster home? I'm done." Oh, that's how you found it. That's how I found it, on oh, your, your stories. And so oh, yeah, you messaged me. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and I think that speaks, you know, volumes to the person that you are. Mm. But you weren't. Did you have that love for all beings before? No, man. I grew up being an islander. You probably uh, we call it like a lover. I think in New Zealand they call it a hungi. Yeah. Love or hungry, same thing. But I remember being a kid carrying around dead pigs and putting it in the lovel. It's basically where you 
will cook food underground. And I, I had so many memories of, I remember telling Aina this, where there was a, I remember a time where there was a spider in my room. And I remember spraying, spraying the, uh, the, the spider with poison and literally just watching it die. And I was slowly, and I think of that now and it just creates so much heaviness in my body. But again, going back to that thing with the ex, ex-girlfriend, there was just no, it was just cut off from feeling, you know? And yeah, it was. So as you loved yourself more, uh, you began to realize that it wasn't just humans that needed loving, it was everyone. Yes. Beings, all beings. All so beings. You became plant-based yep. through that process. By seeing, seeing some videos where I started to see, ah, oh, this is what's going on behind the scenes. I cannot contribute towards that type of harm indirectly and directly. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I'm, my, right, I'm plant-based as well. I mm. actually didn't do it for, it's funny actually, the way you mentioned that. I weren't, didn't go plant-based for animals. Yep. I went plant-based for health. Yep. I read a book, The China Study, and, and heard some like a, a guy who actually helped me shift was, he had kidney cancer and he overcome it by going plant-based. I'm just wow. like, and I'm selling coffee. I had a coffee business and I'm selling milk coffee at this time. I'm like, dude, look at me. I'm like, my living is off milks, yeah. uh, milk of cows. And, um, and it was just one of those things, but something in me kept asking him questions, mm. kept going, tell me more about your journey. And he goes, look, man, he told me all about the casein protein and everything. And I'm just like, wow. He's a very big um, animal activist in Canada now. What's his name? Um, it's Indian rock vegans, Dan Darwell. Okay. And Sean, they um, are good friends with uh Aaron Island okay yeah and so he just planted a seed a seed that you know started growing pretty quickly mm. and then I realized it's the reason it's like it's it's not about it's not about um being healthy in like physically it's about being healthy emotionally and mentally yeah and then as I learned more and more about consciousness a lot more about emotions and realizing how, and seeing a mum, a cow, like, uh, so I saw this video of like a, a mother cow, mother yep. cow, and uh, <laughs> and then a calf was taken away, put on yeah. a trailer. Breaks my heart thinking about this, and then the mum run after it. I've seen that video, dude. It's just so devastating. And then I realised that actually connected to me and my emotional past of me and my mum yeah. and my mum's relationship. And I'm like. I would actually love, like, you know, there's nothing, love cannot be painted any differently to that love. Mm-hmm. The love of desperation and fighting for that person. Yeah. Whether it's your, your daughter, your son, or, or someone that you love, doesn't matter. And I was just like, dude. And then I thought, wow, emotion, like, they are sentient beings. Yeah. I'd already gone vegan by this point, but I was like, no, nah, this needs to be spread. Mm. And so I made it my mission to tell everyone about that story. And like, especially with the emotions. Yeah, there's a huge health aspect physically massive but emotionally and mentally knowing that everyone here is on a journey on this planet and we need to be there for them but I think um, what I find interesting was that going back to this story I remember being a 14 year old 14 15 year old going on my mate's property out in the bush in in country New South Wales 80,000 acres and we were going hunting and I've been through all the hunting I was in it man and we were sh- um, trying to chase some goats down. Mm. And the guys wanted to tie it up behind, uh, behind the motorbike, wow. behind its horns, and run it Drag on the ground. It. And I ate animals, I did all that, and I said, no, nah, 
I said, no, there's no fucking way I'm, I'm watching that happen. Mm. And they were all like, no, come on, don't be a pussy. And I'm like, there's no fucking way I'm watching that. Yeah. Um, and I can't imagine how much of that goes on in real world. Oh, so much. But you think about, I think about karma a lot and I think about consciousness. And I think in that moment I made a great decision to save that goat's life like I have with that puppy like you have and, and Aina has with the foundation. Yeah. Is that we have the opportunity to help in just the moment of speaking up. I spoke up in that moment mm. to three of my mates and said, I'm not watching that happen. Mm. Like I was the odd one out. Mm. And I think it takes courage and it takes realness and your truth to come out to help change someone's life. Yeah. And I think it starts with the people listening to this, that you will change other people's lives by changing your life first, doing it for yourself yeah. and speaking your truth because it gives courage. Like we are sitting here right now having to overcome our own journey of speaking on camera, speaking out in public to, in order to inspire others to do the same. But we didn't expect to do that when we were going through that shit. We just knew deep down that it had to be done. Yeah. So I encourage everyone listening to this right now is to go out there and, and do what needs to be done in your heart and make it happen because this world will become a better place one person at a time, I can guarantee you, through that process. Yes, brother. Um, so I guess like to wrap things up, brother, we've touched on so many freaking gold So moments. many. I think... You know, the, to recap everyone listening to this right now, it's about social distancing right now, physically, has, yes, is happening. Yeah. Emotional distancing has been happening for eons and it will continue to happen the less we become, uh, the, the less we let out. Mm-hmm. So the more we hold in our true self, the less we will be connected to the world around us and the friendships that will be gained and the true connection and the true pandemic will be healed once we start letting out our true self. If you were to say of like the greatest tool, I mean, we've given like probably 10 nuggets in there for people to help make changes. Mm-hmm. The greatest tool for people listening right now, knowing they need to make a shift in their life, knowing they need to say something that they haven't been willing to say, do something that they haven't been willing to do, what would be that one piece of advice you would give them to make that leap? Do the exact opposite that the ego is telling you to do. Yeah. Okay. And you answer that. <laughs> that's the. Because that's exactly what you do. Every day, man. Every day. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that's a ripper, man. Um, yeah. I'm actually nervous about the things that I'm going to have to do now. <laughs> because, you know, reality is that we're still growing just as much as anyone else is. Yeah. It's just at a new level yeah. than what we were before. So I'll take that challenge upon. Um, myself. Start small as well. It doesn't have to be humongous. It can be the small. It can be like the smallest thing. Yeah. It could be. Okay. Don't. Cl- the ego might be saying, just don't clean the room. Just clean your room. Yeah. Just start the small things. Yeah. That's yeah. okay. That's a cool one, man. Um, so, if anyone's listening to this right now and made it to the end, I would love you to tag both. Listen to this podcast. Screenshot this podcast recording. Tag uh, Matt and myself in it on Instagram. Matt Karma and at Luca Reedy and tell us also I'd love to message us DM us of what challenge if you have decided to do this <laughs> what ego challenge you've overcome um, yes. and what you've pushed through I'd love to hear that and share it around because you know you share it then we share it with our Instagram followers and then it gets the ball rolling and people start taking that making that movement happen yes but um, thank you brother for joining me man thank it's been you. a pleasure I've finished this delightful I still have a little bit left I'll scroll that down after this. Yeah, man. Um, and for everyone listening, thank you so much for being here right now. Um, I encourage you to just to make that 
make that shift in your life for the best version of yourself to come out. Boom. Until next time, take care. Thank you so much for listening to the end. I'm incredibly grateful to share these magical lessons and experiences with you here. Please, if you can do anything right now, adopt the takeaways that our guests give you in each episode and use it in your life and share it with your loved ones because that's what matters. And remember this, Socrates once said, the secret to change is to focus all of your energy not on fighting the old, but on building the new. It's time to wake up, my friends.